1: by the thought of rescuing a marriage that feels like it's on its last legs. However, don't give up. Hold out hope that you can put in the work with the tools you need to save your flailing marriage. When your partner is pulling away and making it more difficult to communicate, that's when we employ our patented push-pull technique. When you feel like you've tried everything, there's still hope. Is it possible your existing tactics are actually pushing your partner away from you? Think about the ways you communicate with your partner and the things you say. Do you often threaten to leave? What about taking away your kids, pets, things that are precious to your partner? Do you hold idle threats over your partner's head to try to get him or her to see your reasoning? This could be harmful to your marriage. Valeria interviews international marriage experts Mark Johnston and Heather Choate. They help save marriages where one spouse is checked out of the relationship. Their proven step-by-step system is designed to help you reconnect with your spouse quickly and create the thriving marriage you crave. Whether you need to improve communication, restore trust, deepen intimacy, or renew commitment, High Thrive Coaching will help you get there fast and guide you on how to make those changes last. Life is short and time is precious. Above all, you and your marriage are worth it. Grab the free 60-second plan to reconnect with your spouse now so your spouse will want to be with you again. Heather Choate had to fight for her life when she was diagnosed with breast cancer while pregnant at age 29 this experience gave her a new perspective on life and marriage. Both her and her husband had to rely upon a bedrock foundation of trust, support, faith, tenacity, and persistence to survive and protect the life of their baby while keeping their marriage intact. Heather understands the raw day-to-day struggles couples face having dealt with depression, anxiety, illness, and a lack of solid communication in marriage and teaches people how to build a foundation of unconditional love for themselves and their spouse. Over the past 12 years, Mark Johnston has helped hundreds of clients make real changes in their lives. Now, as one of the founders of High Thrive Coaching, he is able to share some of his secrets to success on a much larger platform. Mark has helped clients save their marriages, improve their communication, overcome addiction, move beyond abusive relationships, and more. After a spectacular failure and nearly losing everything, Mark has learned how to use failures in relationships and life as tools to springboard to success. Here is the interview with Heather Choate and Mark Johnston.
0: In your own words, who is Heather Choate and who is Mark Johnston?
2: That's a really broad question to start off with, but I'll I'll get going there. Uh, So for me, myself, uh, who I am, um, you know, I I identify as many things. I think, you know, primarily my, my priorities in life are as a husband and as a father. But, um you know that's probably not why I am here for the the interview today, um well, maybe in some ways, but you know uh, a lot of what I do just in general is uh you know I'm a uh, an international marriage uh, coach. I help a lot of people uh, all over the world uh, basically right now, anywhere that speaks English, so we'll be uh, expanding on that um i I help people save. Desperate marriages. Uh, it's it's a really challenging work, um, but I I like that that challenge, and that's I, I think that's a big part of who I am. I really like to look at really difficult situations um, and ex- examine them from a lot of different angles and see you know what can be done about that. And That's really driven me a lot, quite a bit in, in my life.
3: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored to be here, and I'm just honored for everyone listening. Um, I just really believe that. We have incredible opportunity to learn and grow and heal together. So thank you, Valeria, for having us. Thank you. Um, So I am a mother of eight children. (laughs) Wow. And I just had our our eighth baby here in January. So I'm a busy mama, especially during, uh, at at the time we're recording this, it's during COVID-19. So I've got all the little ones home with me. (laughs) Yeah. And I am a wife uh, to my amazing husband, Ben. We've been married 14 years. And we've gone through some really challenging times. Uh, personally, I was diagnosed with breast cancer at the age of 29 while I was pregnant with our sixth baby. And going through that experience, having doctors tell me I needed to abort the baby to save my life, but choosing to keep the baby, um, even at the risk of my own life, looking at the potential end of my life, which is something I never expected just really transformed things for me. It changed my total perspective on the way I view the world. And I realized, you know, I'm just not who I'm, I really want to be. I'm not doing the things I really feel like I'm here on this earth to do. And so I decided in that moment, it, like time is so short, I need to make some of these changes now. And going through that experience really instilled like a hunger in me to help other people and to not let life defeat us. We have so many challenges that are thrown at us that sometimes we can just become completely overwhelmed by them. So I just had hunger in my heart to help people overcome their challenges and couples to reconnect, to um, save their marriage, especially if they're facing divorce and to face challenges together because I believe that we can become better and stronger through our challenges. And that is my, my mission now and my heart's desire. So I'm honored to be here. Thank you.
0: How wonderful. Thank you. I have a few warm-up questions before we talk about the 60-second plan to reconnect with your spouse method that is connected to the PATH Marriage Coaching Program. So my first warm-up question to either of you is, what is life? What do you think life is?
2: (laughs) That's, uh, you know, once again, another broad question there with, uh, you know, what life is? Well, for me, you know, what life is, is, uh, there's, you know, so much to it. There's so many, many experiences out there. And I think, you know, a big thing about life is, uh, is kind of our, our duty to, to get out there and experience it, as much of it uh, as possible. Now, certainly there's a lot of things out there that are certainly not healthy or not uh, are going to detract from things. But I think, you know, part of the, the process of life just is uh, figuring that out and figuring out where we, we sit in in that whole process. But, you know, I, you know, we could probably talk for hours just on this subject. That's true. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if I had to sum it up, yeah, I'd say it's that. Right.
0: Um, what do you think the opposite of life is, Heather?
3: Mm. Well, the thing that came to my mind about what life is, to answer that one first, would be a journey where we get to learn and grow and progress, an opportunity to become better than than we were and to experience things. Right. Um, the opposite of that would be anything that takes away from life. Uh, would be the you know getting stuck in, in in where you are instead of progressing and not learning from what you're you're doing. To me, that's just surviving. And one thing that Mark and I really focus on is not just to survive challenges in life and life itself, but to truly thrive, to get outside your comfort zone, to continue to learn, to continue to progress. There's a philosophy that says that if you're not progressing, like if you're not moving forward, then you're digressing and that's actually death. In my own life, like the opposite of life and love would be fear and inaction. And so anything that keeps you stuck in fear or inaction would be the opposite of life, in my opinion. You might be living like your heart's beating, right? But <laughs> yes. you're like a zombie or a robot. And I can raise yeah. my hand and be like, I've been there myself though. I know what that feels like to just go through the motions and feel like a zombie versus right. truly thriving, progressing, helping other people as well.
0: I love that. Uh, it resonates yeah, very much true to me. Mark, what is the meaning of freedom to you?
2: Um, well, freedom. You know, I think a lot of people would take a look at freedom, and they said they would say it's it's the ability to to do what, what you want to do. But um, I think there's there's much more to it. I, you know, essentially, it would boil down to that. It's it's about choice. You know, I I think a lot when I when I talk to um, when I talk to my my clients. Uh, you know, so in my business, I, I talk to a lot of people who are having these really super scary, uh, super hard marriage problems. And sometimes the, the complaint comes up about, you know, not having enough freedom here. Um, and, you know, what what it really, what they talk about, what it really ends up boiling down to is they, uh, they talk about feeling constrained, not, not being able to, you know, especially in the bank, if you're asking about life, you know, not being able to live that life. And so I, I think, you know, if we're talking about what, Freedom is. It is that um, that ability to 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 be able to get out there and to experience how you would want to. Um, certainly, in my realm, there is some need to limit some of that freedom if you are needing to you know consider the needs of other people. Um, you know, in, in a relationship. But you know, if we're just talking about pure freedom, it's it's about choice,
0: possibilities, right? Being able to see that,
2: mm-hmm. right?
0: Absolutely, um, Heather. At this time, what is the world's greatest need, in your opinion? And what is your vision for a new world?
3: Mm, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> um, all right. So we can only control ourselves, right? And I think that when people think about the world <laughs> and a vision for the world, we often start to think about external things, governments, policies, um, big world events, global yeah. transformation and global healing. And what it really comes down to, for me personally, is that um, that has to come within us first. And we need to shift our focus from what we can't control, which would be governments, economies, policies, right? All these big, massive things. (laughs) (laughs) Instead, putting our energy into what we can control. And if each of us goes deep into our own healing, right? Healing those limiting beliefs that are keeping us stuck, holding us back, um, bringing us pain oftentimes year after year after year. And I, again, I'm the first to say, yes, I've been there. I've done that. And I know what that is like, but when we can each heal those things inside of ourselves, then we can show up better and stronger in our marriage and better and stronger in all of our relationships and the world. So I think if each of us took responsibility for the only thing that we can control, which is ourselves and We found that healing and that peace within us and found true happiness that we can experience in this life. It doesn't mean it's always going to be like perfectly blissful, but we are able to, you know, navigate through the challenges of life with a sense of serenity and a sense of peace. And a sense of inner calm because we know that we stand in our own power, right? Rather than giving our power to other things. I think that's where change and transformation really has to come from. And that's our my mission, you know, is to help as many people as possible achieve that. And if more and more people achieve that, then we're going to see the ripple effect in the, our results in, in a, on a global scale.
2: I, I'd like to chime in just, uh, you know, my, my two cents on this mm-hmm. uh, as well. You know, I... You know, after seeing so so many couples come our way or just relationships, you know, I, I think what what's really needed is a lot more understanding um, and acceptance. You know, I, I see those big problems that Heather was mentioning. Uh, you know, politics and governments, and you know, I, I see so much contention. Like, you know, these people are right; these people are wrong, um, and or these people need to be, you know. We're going to deal with them only because of, you know, what they can provide for us. And, you know, I think a lot of that would be solved, you know, either on a big scale or even just on a personal scale, if there was a lot more time taken to consider things from their perspective. You know, I think a lot of people, when you take the time to, you know, just put yourself in their shoes... Oftentimes, many perspectives make sense from a certain point of view,
0: yeah. I love the word you use understanding, yeah, that's so important and needed. And I absolutely love your wisdom, Heather. Everything starts with us, right? Self-knowledge, self-awareness, self-love. So my next question to Mark, what is another word for
2: marriage? <sighs> Let's see another, another word for for marriage. I think it's, you know, we could probably put a lot of synonyms in here. I think the, a, a good way to describe it would be a, a union. Um, I think marriage, a good, healthy marriage uh, is very much about cooperation. It's about mutual respect and mutual understanding. And, you know, I think, you know, that word right there, a, a union, it very much, uh, it, you know, kind of communicates that idea across the board. And, you know, it's quite often when, you know, it is going poorly um, a marriage that a lot of those that that cooperative nature or that collaborative nature just seems to go away. And people start to focus a little bit more on what they're getting out of things when it really starts to to go south. So, yeah, I think union would be a really great word uh, to substitute marriage.
0: What is love to you, Heather? Mm. (laughs) I love love. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy.
3: (laughs) Tell me about it. (laughs) I'm so sappy. (laughs) Okay. So for me, and what I've experienced in my own marriage, as well as uh, working with thousands of couples now, really getting into the heart of what romantic love is. You know, we have familial love, we have friendship type love, right? So there's all these different meanings that people bring to the word love, right? And when I say this word, you probably have your own idea of what it really is. So for me in romantic love and marriage love, one of the coolest things I've been experiencing over these last 14 years is what I call like the three levels of love. So just, just bear with me for a minute here <laughs> as I walk through this, because I think it really helps clarify a lot of confusion about uh, romantic love specifically and what marriage type love is between, you know, a couple. And you have at first your infatuation stage. And this is where you're like head over heels in, in love, right? You're floating on cloud nine. You just can't get enough with this person. It's that really high feeling that we get of just, Totally over the moon for this person, and if we think about it, it's actually kind of a selfish form of love. It's not a bad kind of love; like there's no bad love, um, right. but it's kind of about me and like what this person makes me feel. And we have often times a perception, a lot of people do, that this kind of love is what's going to last throughout all of the marriage. And the reality is, it doesn't. <laughs> we'll yeah. have we'll have moments of this kind of love, but something else deeper needs to take a place. Inside the relationship, in order for it to really last. The next level would be what we call contractual. And this is like the give take type love. It means I'll do this for you if you do this for me. This is where a lot of our expectations kind of come in. And for me, it was like, you know, my husband needs to be a good provider for me and be faithful to me. And, you know, that's my expectation. And I need to do this for him. And the problem with this stage, and this is where most marriages reside, and unfortunately where most marriages kind of end is that if we feel like our partner isn't giving us enough, then we start to withhold from our partner. We're saying, okay, well, you're not keeping up your end of the bargain, so I'm not going to keep up my end of the bargain. And we become like, it's just very um, confrontational and, and it, it, it's very exhausting to try to constantly measure if we're both holding up our end of the bargain, right? But that's where most people think like, like marriage is and love is. But the third level of love, which is the highest and ultimate level of love, is unconditional love. And I think that's probably what you're asking. Oh, <laughs> sorry for me. <that. laughs> so the ultimate level of love is unconditional love. And that means I love you no matter what. I love you just as you are. You don't need to be anything. You don't need to do anything. I just love you. And that is a form of love that I didn't think we could experience in marriage. I thought it was a fairy tale. I didn't think it was real until I was not living up to what I thought I needed to be to deserve love. I wasn't being the good housewife because I was sick. I couldn't take care of the kids. I couldn't even take care of myself. I was not physically attractive. I was bald. I was pregnant and I had lost a breast. Like I felt the opposite of beautiful, right? And my husband loved me anyway. And he stood by me anyway. And he showed me this beautiful form of love that I hope that everyone can experience in life. It is true and it's it's real. And it's actually a choice. Each of us can choose to see another being and be like, you're not perfect. I'm not perfect, but I choose to love you anyway. Wow.
0: That made me think about another question. Most people say that it's not possible to love other people unconditionally unless you love yourself unconditionally. So your husband, he already loved himself unconditionally or he in a way taught himself to love unconditionally by giving unconditional love?
3: Yeah, I honestly think it goes both ways. I think that the more we love ourselves unconditionally, that allows us to open our heart to love others. It absolutely is true. However, we don't have to love ourselves perfectly because we're imperfect beings, right? <laughs> There's always going to be something about ourselves that we're like, oh, I could I could do a little better on that, but I can still give myself some grace. I can still give myself some forgiveness and knowing that I can, that is unconditional love to yourself, right? Is giving yourself that ability to fail, that ability to not measure up to whatever preconceived notion we need to measure up to, right? Um, but the more that we truly do learn to just love I love myself as I am. I love myself flawed. I love myself imperfect. I love myself, um, you know, messy bun hair day. (laughs) You know, Um, the more we do that, then the more we're able to give that kind of grace, that compassion. And like Mark teaches here, a lot of understanding to others as well.
0: That is such a deep and wonderful message, unconditional love, right? So let's talk about your work. What was the inspiration and intention of creating the sixty-second plan to reconnect with your spouse? That is connected to the Path Marriage Coaching Program.
2: I guess you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to pull back the, the curtain on on that a little bit. You know, you know, just like any business, we have to find uh, some way to catch people's attention. And I, I think the you know, with things like this. You know, like a 60-second method, that sounds like, okay, well, how can you actually reconnect in, in that amount of time? Uh, you know, especially if there's been problems and whatnot. But, you know, Heather and I, we, we really like a good challenge. And, uh, you know, I certainly think there is a huge amount of ability to to really connect in just a short amount of time. You know, in terms of, you know, what that actually you know looks like uh, you know, much like I was talking about earlier, I, I can see huge walls come down within a relationship and lots of openness happen, even between people who have a lot of tension in the relationship, simply by inserting some, uh, you know, what I was talking about earlier, that understanding. I, You know, when, when that tension starts to rise up and people, those problems start to drive people apart, you know, the last thing that people start to expect is for their, you know, that person that they feel all this tension with to really take the time to, to listen, to, uh, to fight in, from their corner, to actually support them. And you, you'd be amazed at how quickly some of these situations can turn around by just noticing what's going on with your partner and asking some questions about it. Which it seems so simple, like yeah. <laughs> you actually yeah. need to notice True. your partner and <laughs> ask some questions. But you know, for some reason that 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 escapes a lot of people, and no one really gets into a marriage. Uh, very very few people get into marriage with any sort of formal training. Like, how do you actually navigate problems with uh, serious problems within a long lasting relationship? And so you know. This is almost always one of the first things that I I start with my clients with is uh, you know how to take the how to take the the pain that your partner is expressing and really turn that into some understanding and some connection. Wow,
0: yeah, Heather mentioned earlier the word compassion. So do you relate? Do you connect these two words, compassion and understanding? Are they the same?
2: You know, I guess if I really had to, to dig into it, I would say like an understanding is more a Logical sort of uh, sort of word, but I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that's really where we're aiming. And you know, now that you're we're you know really picking apart the words here, I do think that compassion is probably a closer a closer definition of what what, what we're aiming for. Because you know, I might say, okay, well, I understand that my wife is upset, and I understand that she had a rough childhood. Or, you know, this is all hypothetical. My wife had a very, very pleasant childhood. Uh, you know, maybe she had a, a rough childhood and I understand that now she's taking it out on me. And people would say, OK, I understand my my wife, but that's really not taking the time uh, to have that compassion for what's going on with your your partner, your spouse in that moment. And so I I like your word there actually quite a bit is, you know, it's compassion is a much closer word to what we're aiming for.
0: Yeah. These words are connected to love, perhaps unconditional love, even Heather, Um, would you say that understanding and compassion are connected to unconditional love?
3: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And one of the, I don't know, I feel like sometimes we just feel so disconnected from other people and, and we feel so lonely. Like even if we're in, in a, in a, Family or in a crowded room, we feel so isolated because we're like, does anyone even understand me? Right. And sometimes we're just grasping at straws like, why is my spouse doing what they're doing? Why are they hurting me? Why do they do this? And we just feel so much pain. And it's not until we really get outside of that pain or that, like, why is it happening to me or I don't understand them? And we really seek to, you know, I want to understand you. And we put ourselves, like, we, the, the saying goes, right, put yourself in their shoes. But when you actually see enough of their perspective, then that is what allows you to have that compassion and be like, oh my goodness, I had no idea that that is why you did what you did. If I'd known that before, man, I would have reacted so differently, you know? Um, and cool. you might not even agree with what they did or maybe the behavior still wasn't the best one or the, the healthiest one. And, you know, yeah. oftentimes it's not. But at least then we can see, okay, now I can see, why you did what what you did, and we can extend that sense of compassion. When we have that sense of compassion, that helps us to heal our own pain about whatever yeah. happened, right, and gives them the opportunity to improve as well. Like we can say, okay, this is what happened. I can see why it happened. How can we work together on this? So I think that's a really powerful kind of formula that we can use when we're feeling like isolated, no one gets me. Why are they doing this? is we can extend that understanding. And that sense of compassion to someone else. And that allows us then to receive it in turn uh, in our relationships.
0: Yeah. You, you made me think about communication, uh, communicating effectively, clearly. Because a lot of times this is really the case. We need to read and kind of guess what the other person is feeling. And uh, that's sort of challenging when we are going through our own feelings. Communication. How important is that clear communication?
2: Oh, ab- absolutely important. Um, one of the things that we teach our clients, we, we I, I talk to them about the concept that I have. We call them home messages. These are meant to be messages that you come back to frequently. They're meant to be comforting. They're meant to, to feel like, you know, it, it's just a simple way to really define what kind of ideas you want to uh, you know how you want to define your relationship, and when I teach these uh, this this concept, um, I, I I talk about that very thing. The this uh, importance of communication. A lot of times we feel like okay, we're communicating what we want or our intentions very clearly, but that's just not the case the majority of the time. And so I always teach clients uh, with this principle that. You know, especially when you're trying to put a relationship back together, you need to have that clarity and you can have that by, you know, having a very clearly defined message and then pairing that with, uh, you know, something that supports that message. So, you know, an example of something like that is I remember in my, my own marriage, you know, we were running through a time I was going through to grad school. We had just had our third child. I was working full-time. And then I had another part-time job in the evening. evenings on top of that. We, we were very busy. And so my wife and I started to pull apart a, a bit, disconnect. Um, and we finally sat down and we're like, okay, what is going on? I'm just not feeling that love or affection from you. And we were both surprised to hear this feedback from our, our partner, or from, from each other, because we both felt like, hey, I'm trying to add a lot into this. And what we found out is that we were both doing things to try to support and love each other, but we weren't communicating those intentions very, very well. And as soon as we started doing this, we started we both started seeing just how much we were both putting into the relationship, and it became so much better. Um, you know when we were clearly able to define uh, our intentions, what we were wanting, as we were, you know, following through with those things.
0: Wow. Yeah, I love that. I noticed in my own relationships that men are, it's more challenging for men to communicate their feelings. Is that really the case?
2: I don't, I don't want to hog things Do you want to answer that? I can certainly answer that there. Yeah. So I will, uh, I'm sorry, were you going to?
3: No, share your perspective first. Sorry. Okay.
2: <laughs> um, so I, Surprisingly enough, um, and I'm going to just confirm this with Heather. I think we get a lot of men in our program that are trying to save the, the marriage on their own. But I will say that yes, the there is a bit of a, a bias there. Um, there, you know, the, the stereotype is somewhat true in in many cases. Now, is that necessarily something that's just inherent in men? I, I don't think it is. Uh, you know, I think that there's absolutely an ability to increase what I would call your emotional intelligence. I, you know, not to toot my own horn, but I I think that I am a very highly emotionally intelligent male. Um, You know, having to talk to people about love and relationships and feelings all day long, pretty much every day, um, you know, really has heightened that, uh, that skill for me. And, you know, I, I, as I, Especially when I talk to the the male clients that we have, and I give them some skills to try to express their feelings and uh, and talk to their wives about their feelings, it's like this this door opens for them, and like it's just amazing the kind of you know po- uh, <laughs> all the possibilities that open up in their relationship after that.
0: Right. So, in a way, it's a practice. Emotional intelligence is a practice, and clear communication as well.
3: Absolutely from a woman's perspective, right. I do this myself and, and I'm like, why can't I get him to open up? He seems so closed off. Right. And it feels like there's other areas of our relationship, like the physical side, that's a lot more easy <laughs> than the communicating and, and the, the feeling sharing. Right. And I, think a big trap that a lot of women, not every woman, cause we don't want to make absolute generalizations, but a lot of women make is that we think that men are women and, and they're not. Their brains are just wired a little bit differently. And so learning as a woman or as a man, how to encourage a partner to open up and what you don't want to do, like, so here's what not to do, right? Is we need to complain about it, um, to be critical of them. And to, yeah, just to nag or annoy about the thing that you're wanting the most, right? So if we have the expectation that they should be a woman, then we're going to be in a lot of trouble. (laughs) True. (laughs) True. Just because I ask, you're now going to give me the answer. It it could also get us into a lot of trouble. So really being careful of those expectations. I really appreciate what uh, Tony Robbins says about expectation, that um, expectation you know, if you trade your expectation for appreciation, then you change your life. I believe that's the exact quote. Um, so we need to change some of those expectations and actually learn how to have our partner open up. And and for me, that's been a process to help my husband open up. And there's a way that we go about it now that Mark teaches, and it's going to be kind of individual for every single couple. So it's kind of hard to give really general advice that's going to apply to everyone. But definitely, there's some opening kind of questions that you can ask in a state of not condescending or being critical or annoyed or frustrated, you know, more just like we want to work together as a team on this. So, you know, like, what do you mean? How do you feel about that? I want to understand you. Can you explain what you meant when you said this, right? Can you share with me? I want to understand you what your goal is here. What are you hoping to achieve, right? Those kind of opening questions really can help open up conversation, regardless of if you're a man or a woman. And they even work in the worst case scenarios that Mark and I help with, which is like when your spouse is pushing for divorce, when they're having an affair, when communication is completely closed off, a lot of people will throw their hands up in the air and be like, there's nothing I can do. And the reality is that there is absolutely some things that you can do to help open up communication and increase understanding.
2: I, I like that you came from that that female perspective, Heather, because you know, go, going back to even me, you know, even me who talks about feelings all day, I I'll admit, it, like even my uh, um, my stamina for really having the, um, you know these deep emotional talks with my my wife, she has a lot more um, desire for that than than I I do. Um, and so, you know, big thing, exactly what you said there, Heather. Um, I'll say, you know, what Heather said, it works for. Man, you know, the, the big reason why my wife and I will get along is she'll tell me, hey, I really need to have this discussion from you. It would mean a lot to me rather than why don't you talk to me? You know, why don't you, you know, why don't you share these things? It's it's much more like being open about what's what's needed. It works so much better than having complaints and, you know, criticisms
0: yeah it's true uh, coming from the place of um, frustration no doubt about it um just to clarify Heather when you say appreciation I love that the exchange replacing expectations with appreciation is that would be that practice would be the same as gratitude practicing gratitude
3: absolutely and and this is one of the things that I just love because it has been so healing in my life so that saying there trade your expectation for appreciation applies to everything in life, but especially in our relationships, we all come with a kind of a <laughs> predefined, like uh, a set of expectations, right? Before we even get into the relationship and our partner comes with their own set of expectations and then we get in this thing called a relationship and they just tend to clash and make a huge, sometimes a huge mess and make things really challenging. And That right there, anytime we have this expectation that's not being met, it's going to cause us unhappiness, right? And anytime we feel that sense of disappointment, frustration, bitterness, anger, um, blaming, right? The antidote to that first has to come through what's going right in my life right now. What can I actually be grateful for about this? When we ask ourselves that question about the challenges that we're facing in our life and our relationship then our heart starts to open up to that loving, healing energy. And we see, oh, wow, you know what? My partner is having an affair. They're in love with someone else. I'm just seeing as an example here, you know? Yeah. Um, but what can I be grateful for about this? And it's amazing when you recognize the good things in your life right now, even despite the challenges. Like In that example, I have the opportunity to look at myself and, and to see what I can improve about myself. And you know what? I wouldn't have done that otherwise. So I can be really grateful about that opportunity right now. I can be really grateful that I have the, the skills now to be able to better, you know, navigate this going forward. Or I'm really grateful that I have this awareness so that I can seek help and I can learn from people who've gone before me. You know, so we can just take any kind of challenge or situation in our life. And if we bring more gratitude to it, then we find more solutions and we also find more peace.
0: So true. I absolutely love that. That makes me think about this idea of cultivating inner strength, just becoming stronger within so we can be prepared when challenges happen of any kind, really. So let me see. My next question here is about, yeah. How is your method different from traditional counseling to save marriages?
2: You know, um... I was actually just having a conversation about this earlier. So we we run our own, uh, you know, promotional stuff, our own podcast and whatnot. We were, I was doing an interview with one of our clients and, you know, even without asking him, he, he brought up this very concept of himself. He was, he was saying that, you know, he had tried some traditional counseling and, you know, with his wife to, to solve some of the marriage problems. And what ended up happening is he felt like he was, you know, they identified a problem. They, they, the problem was he was angry. And, um, and then all all that ended up happening after that was that uh, they would rehash, they, they'd talk about the problems that happened during the week and inevitably come back to, well, you shouldn't be so angry. Let's f- figure out your anger. And throughout all this, he was saying, you know, he he's like, uh, he, he didn't feel heard or, or validated. Now, this is not certainly not the case um, with everyone. But I do know, you know, having been, <laughs> you know, knowing a little bit of the ins and outs of the, the system, I do know that a lot of traditional therapists might not focus in on couples work, on marriages. And so they might approach, uh, you know, relationship problems much like they would uh, say a mood disorder or an anxiety disorder, something, something along those lines. Um, and, you know, a lot of what might happen there is you might talk about how you've been feeling you know, throughout the week. Uh, So there is, you know, uh, certainly a difference in how you need to handle a relationship as opposed to a more traditional, uh, you know, say mental health issue. Uh, Some of the things that we do is we really try to, uh, you know, I feel like we keep hitting a very similar theme, have that compassion and understanding for both partners even if there's been some really terrible wrongs like if there's been an affair hey i want to understand why you know how did you get to that place where you felt like that was something that was an option for you and i want to, i want to really have some compassion for you and so just labeling you as this terrible person now certainly we need to hold people accountable absolutely uh, you know that we can't get around that if they're not people aren't taking responsibility for their actions but We certainly give that compassion that we suggest that they give to each other, to the clients. But on top of that, you know, a big thing that is a difference. This is this is coaching rather than therapy, which means that, you know, my aim when I'm working with clients is every single time I have an encounter with them, I want to make sure that they're coming away with specific action steps uh, that that they can, you know, go and use in, in their relationship. What do I need to do next to to have an impact? Um, here, even if that is, you know, having some self-reflection. You now, something like, uh, I mean, and I, we we keep hearing the the feedback over and over again. But that's like that's one of the big things that people are attracted to about our program is that we we give these specific steps. And frankly, it's it's needed when someone is trying to navigate the relationship, and when their spouse drops this bomb saying, "Hey, I, I'm considering a divorce." It can be a very confusing time. You're not sure whether what you're doing is going to have an impact, whether it's going to have a positive impact. Because a lot of times, the relationship has gotten to a point where, it doesn't matter what you do, uh, your spouse might view you as doing something wrong. It, uh, we certainly run into our fair share of cases like that, and so, it, you know, having a little bit of that guiding hand is immensely. Uh, It feels immensely comforting for a lot of our clients, I think. And I think that's why they, you know, a lot of our clients are so appreciative of what we do.
0: Would you like to add, Heather, a comment? I
3: would love to (laughs) to add. So what we do is, I would say, radically different than traditional counseling or therapy. Like Mark said, he came from that kind of a background and we realized it just wasn't as effective as it could be. I I believe everyone has good intentions and wanting to help. So that's good. And it's always good to get some form of help rather than nothing. But like the one hour a week type model just was pretty ineffective for solving something of this magnitude. We are considered the ICU for marriages and we take on the cases that other therapists and counselors say are impossible to save. So right there, um, we kind of throw that myth out the window saying, you know if it's too late to save your marriage, if one person wants out like you We also dispel the myth that it takes two people to save a marriage because more often than not, if your spouse doesn't want to work on the relationship, most people will say it's too late. There's nothing you can do. But we've proven that one person can have a huge impact on the relationship and one person can save their marriage by starting first. Eventually, it needs to be brought back into balance. But another thing that we really emphasize that a lot of other, I think, programs or, or courses or coaches or counselors miss is that they focus on symptoms rather than the root issues. For an example, like an affair, money problems, arguing, um, discussions about the children, all of those things are just symptoms of the deeper issues. And when we focus on the symptoms only, like a counselor might say, well, you're having an affair, the affair needs to just stop. And if we just end the affair, then everything will be fine in the relationship. And if they do in the affair and they're successful with that, which would be a big challenge to do. But if they did that, then another problem would crop up in its place because yeah. until we really address what's going on underneath the surface and what's causing the behaviors in the individuals and the behaviors in the marriage dynamic, then nothing ever really gets healed. And Mark and I were not about surface level healing. We're about like true inner healing for the individual so that regardless of what happens in their mm-hmm. relationship, they will forward better and stronger and deeper healing in the marriage so that we're not just fixing the pain. We're actually fixing what causes the pain so that the pain won't come back and that you truly can be healthy and happy. So I feel like that's sure. what differentiates us from other, other programs.
2: You know, sometimes I'm on the front lines because I forget that we do have a whole lot of differences here. You know, I'm going to even add you, you know, a little bit more you know even beyond heather mentioned the, the once a week uh sessions uh we we like to really give a lot of support because sometimes things can turn very quickly so we have uh, a group call uh, every single day of the week and on some days two, two uh two calls uh where people can come in and you know get some support from someone from our team usually you know quite frequently it's myself um you know and then even on top of that There's a lot of skills that are just needed for a marriage to go well. So we have our own training videos and worksheets to go through. So there's a lot of support uh, from many different angles to really tackle these difficult problems.
0: Yeah, I absolutely love your approach because it makes sense. And um, it's all about growth. When you talk about individual healing and self knowledge that makes so much sense to me cuz everything starts from that place and then compassion gratitude the understanding and ultimately unconditional love you have the uh, the key the keys to uh, the successful not just relationship but life
2: yeah i mean i know a lot of i'm sorry to <laughs> i know even a lot of our clients who it, where the the marriage still ultimately ends in divorce we we still get a lot of feedback saying you know what they've learned a lot even about themselves and they themselves feel a lot healthier so you're absolutely right we do touch on a lot of personal growth and self um you know, you know self healthier so that no matter what happens they come out better on the other end
0: well, would you like to talk about the four proven steps of the path method to get your spouse back? Those are interesting components to perspective adjustments, tell a new story and hold on to hope.
2: Yeah. So <laughs> I, I kind of, you know, marketing is more of like Heather's uh, purview. And I, when we come up with acronyms like this, you know, this is just part of business. Sometimes I feel like we have to, you know, I have we have some really good ideas and we're like, okay, well how can we actually make this a memorable thing? And so, well, I'm just going to say to myself, you know, I, I like that we have this nice acronym. It's easy to remember, but I'm going to just, you know, poke fun at our, ourselves here. Like, hey, you know, it, it's a bit of a mouthful in terms of an acronym, you know, like T for telling a new story. But the, the principles there are absolutely, you know, they're absolutely great. They're great principles. Um, you know, as we've been talking throughout this uh, whole uh, interview here, And, uh, the, uh, you know, we've been talking a lot about compassion and and understanding and perspective, and that's why we we start off with that. And, um, you know, that's absolutely necessary to start with that understanding. So many people are so focused on themselves, uh, so focused on, you know, their own pain and, you know, what's needed to interrupt that cycle is they need to uh, you know, they need to step out of their shoes for a moment and try to get the perspective of the other person. That's really the only way that they can draw them in. From there, you know, we there are real problems There are absolutely real problems in many of these cases. And so there needs to be some adjustments, some action. Um, and then Heather and I, you know, we sat with this for quite a, a long time. We're like, okay, what's, you know, what happens when a Someone makes all those changes. They they they're absolutely nice and understanding. They have those deep conversations, and their spouse still wants to leave. And, and we we kind of figured out that this key idea here is that that story aspect, that narrative aspect, that until that um, the spouse starts telling a different story, uh, things won't really turn around. And so we uh, our program addresses that. How do you how do you help someone else adopt a new story? You know, once we've actually solved the problems underlying what's going on, how do you adjust that narrative for yourself and for some? Uh, you know, help someone else to support a new, healthier story. And then, of course, you know, there is the strong emphasis on hope or you know, work on working on yourself or mindset. And before I, you know, turn it back to Heather, I, I was just. Thinking about my, my comments earlier, when I'm saying, you know, here we have this acronym and, you know, Heather's of mark, I don't, I, I almost, it almost sounded to me like I wasn't appreciative of Heather's work. And I, I want to say Heather, you know, absolutely does a wonderful job. She she keeps us on, on track uh, with many things. And so I, I don't know if that came out wrong at all, but I don't want that to be misunderstood at all here.
0: That's great. That's great. <laughs> um, yeah. Heather, would you like to add?
3: Right so for me this was a huge transformation it was actually a huge moment for Mark and I so just a bit of history here of why we even came up with this how we came up with it Mark and I had been doing this for several years and we'd been helping several hundred clients already and we were seeing a lot of success with helping increase understanding increase communication open up communication make those positive changes and we realized that making positive change alone isn't enough, which <laughs> is actually pretty frustrating to someone in that situation. Cause they're like, wow, I'm making all these changes. And now you're telling me it's not enough. And like, what else do I need to do? And we really saw that there's this barrier in the other person and that they still hold on to the story. Like if I come back to you, sure, you've made these positive changes. Maybe you stopped drinking. Maybe you stopped the affair. Maybe you stopped the arguments, the blaming, whatever, the criticism, the stonewalling shutting me out, right? Maybe you stopped that, but if I come back to you, well, it's probably going to go back to the way that it was, right? And so we recognize that the spouse that was pulling away still had some barriers there to protect themselves, right? They're afraid to come back. They're afraid of getting hurt again. And we still hadn't quite, quite bridged that gap until we developed this method here on how to help them change that story so that their walls of defense can come down and they can feel safe again. They can actually see the possibility of being happy together again. And that has really transformed everything. And it's super exciting because, you know, I feel like we kind of stumbled upon it almost by accident. And a lot of people aren't even really talking about it, but this is where things start to really change in a relationship and really get exciting because like the client that we interviewed this morning on our own podcast, um, it's called the thriving marriage, just as a little plug plug there for that. But um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was saying like, she had the story that she would not be happy with him. And yeah, she he'd made all these changes. He stopped drinking in this case and, and he was being more understanding, but she still didn't want to come back. And now her story is completely changed to the point where she's saying, I trust you. I want to work on us. I want to work together as a team. And so That's the kind of level of change that we really want to see happen there. And it's beautiful to see it happen and absolutely can happen, even if your spouse is checked out or not wanting to work on the marriage right now. So that's what the path method is really all about, is changing the behavior. Yes, but also changing that deeper internal story, those deeper internal fears that are holding both you and your partner back so that then you can really come together in that unified, beautiful manner.
0: Wow. I love your method. It makes so much sense. It makes so much sense. My last question, what are some real causes for divorce? I mean, quote unquote, real.
2: I, I can quite clearly identify <laughs> that. it's. It, you know, I would say that the most common causes for this, you know, we could say, okay, it's problems with sex or communication or, or whatnot. But, you know, it, I think it boils down to two things. Do you have an avenue to go to your spouse and actually talk about what you want or need within the relationship? And do you have an avenue to go to your spouse and talk about problems and have them resolved? And if either of those are blocked um, with any amount of significance or with a long enough amount of time, the, the marriage is going to deteriorate and you're going to get problems somewhere, um, it, whether that is affairs or drinking or fights or stonewalling or any uh, number of other things it it boils down to those two avenues. Wow.
3: would you like to add Heather I'm just going to make a, a kind of a bold statement, especially oh, yeah. in our culture today that i I believe that ninety five percent of marriages can and actually should be saved, and I say that because Our culture has become a little bit casual with the idea of of marriage and relationships. And it goes back to the kind of contractual stage of marriage or the infatuation stage. It's all about me and and what I'm going to get out of this. And the problem is if we don't actually look at ourselves and solve the things that are going on within us that are causing some problems to show up in our relationships, they're going to keep showing up. They're going to show up even if this relationship ends and we go into a new relationship. That's what I discovered. I'm just going to be a little vulnerable here. But in my moment when I was considering, you know, maybe Ben and I, we need to get a divorce. I just can't do this anymore. I, I can't face this anymore. I was driving down the road. I left Ben with all of our kids. He begged me not to go. And I was driving down the road, just tears streaming down my face. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. I don't know how I could possibly solve this. I ended up pulling over because I couldn't see the road because I was crying so much. And I just thought, what am I doing? You know. And in that moment, it was just like, you know what? I
2: I, could I'm do- finishing up the interview soon. <laughs>
3: uh, in that moment, I was just like, I, I could leave Ben. And we could go our separate ways. We could figure out how to work it out with the kids. But I knew like something just deep inside me whispered, Heather, if you don't solve the real reasons why you're feeling this way, it's going to show up in the next relationship if there's another relationship. And it's going to stay with you whether this marriage ends or not. And so those feelings for me, it was, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. I'm not deserving. Um, I'll never measure up, and the people I love will always leave me. That's like the deepest level of my insecurity and those beliefs that I had. And I realized that until I resolved those, until I healed those, they were going to continue showing up. And so my encouragement is that heal those things that are inside yourself. Look at what is causing you the fear and the pain, and when you really understand where that's coming from, that it's just a story that you picked up somewhere along in your life, probably in early childhood, and you continue to give evidence to it so that it feels real, but that it's not real. It's just a story and that that story can change. And the truth for each and every single one of us is that we are deserving. I am good enough. I am worthy of love. When you get to that kind of place, then the relationship that you want to have and that you that you desire and that you crave, it will come to you. So that's my encouragement for everyone. Rather than going to divorce as like a quick fix to what you think is going to solve your pain, really identify where that's actually coming from and heal that first. When you heal that first, then everything else in your life will start to heal as well.
0: What a wonderful message. Really, really wonderful. Thank you so much, Heather. Thank you, Mark. I'll be asking you my final questions. Um, if you knew you would die soon, meaning losing the body, would you make any changes in your life or do anything differently?
3: I've had to ask myself this question, um, and so it's a beautiful question, and I think it's honestly one that we should ask every day. Right? There's that song and that story: live like you live like you're dying, live like today is your last day on earth, and I if you had that perspective in mind, then you're going to make choices that you can be at peace with. For me, it's never about perfection. Um, I have to let that go, (laughs) but it's about progress and knowing that I truly am doing the best that I can do. I believe life is precious and time is short. Family and marriage are, are sacred. They're, they're divine. We are divine. And so just living true to that as much as we can is what's going to give us joy and peace and serenity in our lives. Mark?
2: Yeah. Um, you know what? I've gone through some really, really rough times in, in my life. Um, and, you know, I, at the time, at, at, during those moments, I, I would say, you know, I, there there's several moments where I felt completely broken, like everything was gone lost and just not working well and you know looking back on it you you would think okay you, know, you expect one to say okay well no of course i would i wouldn't want to go through those things like i would have wanted to do things different but you know sitting here right now i know you know i having those really terrible difficult moments in my life have really defined a lot of things for me it's helped me to grow and it's helped me to to learn a lot of lessons. I, I actually wouldn't be sitting here today talking to, to you. I wouldn't be, uh, you know, I wouldn't co-own, you know, a business with, with Heather. Uh, I wouldn't be, you know, doing half the things that I'm doing today if, if I hadn't gone through a lot of the struggles that I had. Uh, and so, you know, oddly enough, I, I'm really content with, you know, most everything that I I you know the good and the bad, that I, and so I don't think I would do anything different. You know, at this point in my life.
0: Yeah, that's a great answer. Every time I hear, "Yeah, I wouldn't change a thing." That's why. That's when we know we are living the life that we are supposed to live, or we are on that path to love, as you call it, um, Heather. And one more question: What are three things about life you know for sure as of today? <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> the um, to three. <laughs> Oh, just three? This too many? or um... Okay, well, I'll just speak from my heart without thinking about it too much. So things that I, that I know are true. Um, I know that I am good enough. I am worthy. I am divine. I know that each and every one of us are also that. And that when we actually find the truth of who we are, that we are a spark of divine. That that's when we find peace and healing and ultimate joy in life. That's always gonna be independent of circumstances. It's not about the circumstances, things are always gonna happen to us, right? But we need to be the creators of our lives and find our creative powers when we uncover who we really are. The second thing that I know is true is that family marriage is sacred. It is a blessed union and it can give us so much more joy If we're just alone, we're not meant to be here alone and isolated. We're meant to be here to be together, um, to create together, to be co creators with God, with the universe, with our spouse. It's a beautiful union that we can have. And third, it's never too late to change. There is always the opportunity to make a choice. No matter how bad your circumstances feel, there's always something that you can do about it to improve the situation. And when you do that, that's when you find your power.
0: Oh, really great mark
2: yeah no I like uh, the question um you know first off <laughs> I guess I was given a moment more to think about it than, than Heather was but uh, I, first off you know I, I think the one thing that I know about life is that you know each of us have a lot more potential than we think we do you know there's so often when we feel like um, you know we can't do something we we don't have any ability to do that and you know, I you know one of the things that I've I've learned in life is there's a there a lot of people have so much more potential than they they believe about themselves. Uh, two, I I think that you know no matter what the circumstances are, you know because of that potential, there there's always something that can be done to improve one's circumstances. I mean, this is roughly why we why we've kind of formed this. Uh, this program is because we, I mean, we're specifically targeting and trying to help people who have these really dire circumstances. They, you know, they're facing a terrible moment in their life and, you know, we, we want to be there to, to help them, which is, you know, ties directly to this, like no matter what's going on, there's always something that you can do to take another step moving forward, you know, to, to go a little bit further, to improve your, your lot. And, uh, three, you know, I, I feel like, you know, even during these tough times, you know, even if you're going through a tough time, you know, the third thing I know about life is there's always things that you can appreciate, always things that can, you know, where you can find joy in those little moments. doesn't matter if, uh, you know, you're going through something terrible like divorce or, you know, possibly even, even worse, or, you know, no matter what your circumstance, there's always something, some area to find some beauty, some, something to find some joy in.
0: Thank you so much, both of you, for your presence and for sharing your wisdom. Thank you, Heather. Thank you, Mark. Where can we find more information about you, your books, programs, course, services, and future projects?
3: Yeah. So our website is highthrivecoaching.com. And if you go over there, we have that free guide, like uh, Valerie, you mentioned here, the 60-second plan to reconnect with your spouse. Um, we also have our podcast where we share the path method in depth. But above all, if you really feel like you need some help and you need it fast, because <laughs> time <laughs> comes on your side, yeah. then we really encourage you to, to book a a complimentary consultation with us and you can do that on the website highthrivecoaching.com slash apply and we can share with you exactly how we can help you in your specific situation to reconnect with your spouse to restore your marriage and above all to create that kind of inner healing of what's going on deeper within you so that you can truly thrive going forward
0: wonderful thank you so much again and we'll talk soon thank you bye for now
3: Bye.
2: bye
1: you for listening. To learn more about Heather Choate and Mark Johnston, please visit their website, highthrivecoaching.com.
0: To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. I want to thank the Patreon members, Lawrence McGrath, Mark Basden, Terry Clayton, and Aidan Bickrock. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.